and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves but he was asleep then his disciples came to him and awoke him look save us we perish why are you fearful oh you of little faith then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm so the men marveled who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him Ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host with the most. They are the ones in charge. They're the ones that started this podcast. They're at the captain's chair. They're at the helm. They're behind the wheel, and they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome to His Hardline, episode 536, where we will be doing a reading out of Genesis 48, and then we'll have a little bit of a summary, and then we'll close this out in prayer, and then we'll close this out, and then we'll start the second show. I do apologize for being a little bit late. Um, I was texting a friend of mine who does appliance repair, um, but uh, this is one area that I guess he doesn't really do. Um, I discovered that my refrigerator is making an an obnoxious, obnoxious knocking noise. And I discovered with the help of my stepfather, because he's pretty good with uh, troubleshooting and looking things up. You know, he's a mechanic, you know I mean? Well, he used to be a mechanic. Now he's the, uh, you know, uh, director for a shop down in Florida for a Cadillac dealership. But anyway, so he was helping me out and uh, we discovered that it's my damper control unit in my refrigerator of a Whirlpool. It's my damper control. It's starting to take a crap because it's making a very loud knocking noise. So I had to get in contact with another buddy of mine or, or a friend of a friend, I should say. Um, and uh, I was texting him and talking with him because he does appliance control. Now he's said to me, he's like, well, I don't do damper control replacements. I do more like door replacements and seal replacements, stuff like that. But uh, he goes, uh, if you give me the model number, I could try to find the part for you. So he found it for me for about 60 bucks. And everything that I was looking at was showing about 110, 120, 130. So 
that's good. And I got the video on how to replace it. So maybe, just maybe, I might be able to get it a little handy here and and replace it myself if I can get it in my hands here. But I have to replace it sooner than later because I have a funny feeling this thing's going to, you know, go any day now because it keeps getting louder. So anyways, it is Monday, Monday fun day, right? May 8th, 2023. So it is Monday, May 8th, 2023. And today we are reading out of Genesis chapter 48. And so we're going to get right down to business here and then we'll shut the show down here. We'll start the next one on the other side. All right. Which is, um, well, which is pretty much going to be who's running America part four, but part of me might change up that subject matter. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So anyway, okay. Excuse me. Okay. So Genesis 48 out of the new American Bible revised edition. That's my favorite one that I read from. This one is about, it's a fairly shorter chapter. It's only 22 verses and it reads, sometime afterward, Joseph was informed your father is failing. So we took along with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Jacob was told your son, what Joseph has come to you, Israel rallied his strength and sat him up in bed or sat up in bed. Jacob then said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessing me, he said, I will make you fertile and multiply you and make you into an assembly of peoples. And I will give this land to your descendants after you as a permanent possession. So now your two sons who were born to you in land of Egypt before I joined you here shall be mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as much, excuse me, shall be mine as much as Reuben and Simeon are mine. Progeny born to you after them shall remain yours, but their heritage shall be recorded in the names of their brothers. I do this because when I was returning from Paddan, your mother Rachel died. And to my sorrow during the journey in Canaan, while we were still a short distance from Ephrath, and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, now Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he asked, Who are these? They are my sons, Joseph answered his father, whom God has given me here. Bring them to me, said his father, that I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were dim from age, and he could not see well. When Joseph brought his sons close to him, he kissed and embraced them. Then Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your descendants as well. Joseph removed them from his father's knees and bowed down before him with his face to the ground. And then Joseph took to the two Ephraim with his right hand to Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand to Israel's right, and brought them up to him. But Israel, crossing his hands, put out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim. Although he was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, although he was firstborn, then he blessed them with these words, May God, in whose presence my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd, From my birth to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, bless these boys, that in them my name be recalled. 
and in the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and they may become teeming multitudes upon the earth. When Joseph saw that his father had laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, this seemed wrong to him, so he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh, saying, That is not right, father. The other one is the firstborn. Lay your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know it, son, he said. I know. That one too shall become a people, and he too shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall surpass him, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day and said, By you shall the people of Israel pronounce blessings, saying, God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he placed Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will restore you to the land of your ancestors. As for me, I give to you as to the one above his brothers, Shechem, which I captured from the Amorites with my sword and bow. And that is the reading of Genesis chapter 48, verses 1 through 22. All right. So... What did we read here in Genesis 48? And of course, might I add, I need to make sure you all know as my little short disclaimer, remember, I'm not your biblical scholar. I'm not a priest, deacon, pastor, and I'm not an expert on the Bible, just FYI, okay? So, what does Genesis chapter 48 mean? So, After settling in Egypt, Jacob gives a major portion of his family's blessing to Joseph's two oldest sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And Jacob had talked about dying for many years, but but now he truly, you know, but now he truly nears the end of his days. And if this scene takes place immediately before the events of chapter 49, which we're going to get into tomorrow, Jacob is literally on his deathbed. And so Joseph, hearing of his father's illness, comes to Jacob's side with his two oldest sons to receive a blessing. Now, Jacob's frailty is reflected in the effort it takes him to sit up in bed. Now, weakness aside, Jacob has clearly prepared for this moment. He begins by pointedly recalling one of the times God Almighty appeared to him in Luz, also known as Bethel or Bethlehem, right? And the promise God made to him are made to make his descendants into a nation with their home in Canaan. Now, it is important that Joseph understands the significance of this problem for himself and his sons after him. Because he announces that he is claiming Joseph's two oldest sons as his own sons. Now, in fact, he will elevate their position in the family above his actual oldest son, Reuben and Simeon. And in doing so, Joseph's family will receive a double portion of the inheritance. And it's significant that even now, the loss of Rachel is still fresh in Jacob's mind. But perhaps claiming Ephraim and Manasseh as his own sons is a way to honor her once more. Now, next comes a moment which, in irony, as it reflects Jacob's own youth, when he was younger... Jacob conspired to trick his elderly blind father into giving him a blessing instead of his older brother, Esau. 
Now, his own sight failing, just like his own father, right? Jacob asked Joseph to clearly identify the people standing before him. Now, despite his tendency to complain and worry, Jacob recognizes that God has blessed him tremendously. Not only was he reunited with a son that he thought was dead, but he has lived to see that son's descendants. And so Joseph prepares his son to receive their grandfather's blessing. And he arranges the sons such that the older is to Jacob's right and the younger is to Jacob's left, right? So so this followed typical customs of that day. And that implied that the older son would actually receive the greater blessing. Now, perhaps because he is bowing, Joseph doesn't notice that Jacob crosses his hands, placing his right hand on the head of the younger grandson. So when Jacob imparts the official prayer of blessing of, you know, on Ephraim and Manasseh, he evokes God's presence with his own ancestors and guidance through Jacob's long series of hardships. Now, the reference to God as the angel, and I say that in quotes, might be a reference to the theophany or a physical manifestation of God. Now, in some sense, it foreshadows a growing understanding of the Trinity. Now, the blessing itself consists of a prayer for these two men to experience the same blessing. Now, Jacob has received from God during his lifetime. And Jacob asked God to continue the legacy of Abraham and Isaac through them. Now, when he realizes what's happening here, Joseph quickly becomes a bit irritated and angry. Now, the Hebrew word used here implies distress or frustration. Now, why exactly Joseph feels this way is unclear. Now, he may have thought that his father accidentally switched the boys, and perhaps he simply disagrees with the decision to give the greater honor to the younger, but Ephraim, uh, which you know is the younger Ephraim, and Jacob clarifies that this is exactly what he intended. Now, he concludes by saying that the people of Israel will wish each other well by evoking the success of Ephraim and Manasseh. So, in conclusion and with all of this, the chapter concludes with Jacob giving Joseph and his descendants a very specific piece of land in Canaan as a gift as well. And so earlier portions of Genesis, as we read, don't really mention this specific piece of land or Jacob's conquest of it. But this, you know, the exact Hebrew word that Jacob uses is Shechem. So some speculate this is Shechem, which was overpowered by Jacob's sons. Yet he did not stay in that area or take possession of the territory. Now, Joseph will be buried in this somewhat obscure place. And later, the New Testament will refer to a well dug, uh, a well dug by Jacob in an area known by the name of Shekar. Now, regardless of how he came to possess it, this part of Jacob's legacy for his favorite son, Joseph. So as Genesis continues, Jacob will make predictions and bestow other blessings on his remaining sons. And, and that is the full summary of Genesis chapter 48. Let me just check something here. I'm sorry here. Um, let's see here. Okay. Yeah, no, a buddy of mine was 
texting me with uh, information on the part that I need. So, so anyways, let me go back to the chat here real quick. Let me say uh, hello to some people here. We got Patriot Beagle, Lizanella, Paul Federico, my beautiful wife, Katie. We got April, Q Pup in the house. Let's see who else we got. The Frosty the Snowman in Alaska, Destry. We got Nancy, uh, D Schuster, sixty three, Angel Eyes. Welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So that concludes the reading here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to end this in prayer. I'm going to read again, Psalm 26. Um, I know you guys are going to get sick of it, but you know, there is a reason I'm reading it and then I'll add to it. If anybody wants to add anything additional to the prayer, you are more than welcomed. And I see we got Rietta in the house with her husband, Donnie, which is typically, he's typically sitting next to her. Um, So I want to say welcome to them as well. So again, here's the prayer. Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, he's sleeping. He's missing out. Well, he probably needs some sleep because I know exactly how that feels. Last week, I had to pass out after a really long, rough day. So I get it. I absolutely get it. Hopefully, he gets some good, solid sleep. So um, Psalm 26, prayer of innocence. Judge me, Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. In the Lord I trust, I do not falter. Examine me, Lord, and test me. Search my heart and mind. Your mercy is before my eyes. I walk guided by your faithfulness. I do not sit with worthless men, nor with hypocrites do I mingle. I hate an evil assembly. With the wicked, I do not sit. I will wash my hands in innocence so that I may process around your altar, Lord, to hear the sound of thanksgiving and recount all your wondrous deeds. Lord, I love the refuge of your house, the site of the dwelling place of your glory. Do not take me away with sinners, nor my life with the men of blood, in whose hands there is a plot, their right hand full of bribery. But I walk in my integrity. Redeem me. Be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In assemblies, I will bless the Lord. Father, we just want to say thank you so very much for all that you do for us and all the many blessings you bring forward to us. Um, We just pray that you continuously keep us guided on the right path, shine that light that we need. We ask for your forgiveness for every sin that we have ever committed, both knowingly and unknowingly, not just individually, but also the sins of this nation. We ask for your forgiveness because we know that in order to proceed forward, we need to come to you in repentance and we need to seek for that, you know, seek that forgiveness. But also more importantly, we need to proceed forward on a more righteous path to make sure that we never sin against you again, especially intentionally. We have somebody here in the chat that wants to send up prayers for um, our assembly brother, Ken. We ask for restoration and healing. So we pray for Ken, my daughter, via through proxy of my wife, my daughter Haven is asking for prayers for uh, Grandpa P and uh, Brandon, which is my a buddy of mine. We pray for them, a good healing for uh, Grandpa P's uh, knee, and for my buddy Brandon, who I work with and who I consider a dear friend for his life and his marriage and everything that he's got going on. We pray for restoration and, and, uh, and healing there. And father, we just want to also say that we hope that you can answer the prayers for all the people out there that have prayers deep in their hearts that they just have a hard time even speaking. 
They don't even know how to put it in words. So we pray that you hear the the hidden prayers, the quiet prayers and that's deep in people's hearts. And we pray all of this in your holy son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So that is all we have for the day. We're going to, well, at least for, you know, the Bible reading, I should say. We're going to close this out, and then we'll be right back in a couple few minutes. Just give me about, I don't know, anywhere between three and five minutes. There's some show prep that I you know, couldn't get around to because I was too busy farting around with this, uh, you know, trying to get find this part for my refrigerator here. So um, and doing a lot of texting and phone calls and trying to get model numbers and all this other good stuff. So give me about two to three, maybe four minutes max, and I will be here on the other side. All right. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the other side. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds of the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds of the sea obey him?